welcome to the Canaan Bound Podcast, Episode 3. I'm Philip Wells, a member at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, a Wells congregation in New Ulm, Minnesota. I'm happy to introduce a new segment that we will be sharing on the Canaan Bound Podcast called God's Word for You. God's Word for You is a daily email devotion by Pastor Timothy Smith, who currently serves at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Ulm, Minnesota. God's Word for You, Job chapter 1, verse 1. Actually, I thought Kat's hand was going to crush mine under the table as we gritted our teeth and listened to what I can only call blasphemy. My wife and I were sitting together at a Bible class on a beautiful spring morning at a Lutheran church that's a member of a different and much larger synod than our own wells. When a relative of ours asked if we wanted to go, we were happy to say yes. I was a seminary student at the time, and we were introduced to the pastor. We learned that we were about to be in on the final class of a series on Job. The pastor informed us that the group um, was was uh, studying Job all the way from the beginning, and that from the very opening verse, they had discovered that Job, the pastor said, was a fairy tale written in once-upon-a-time language, and went on and on about how there were spiritual lessons to be learned, but that the events of Job, like, as they were saying, the events of Jonah and most of the events of Genesis, never really happened at all. And an elderly woman in the group spoke up, Oh, Pastor, thank you so much. I have lived my whole life thinking that everything in the Bible was true, but now I know better. My wife and I felt like we had just witnessed that cruel pastor rob that poor woman of her faith. Job is not a fairy tale. It's not a fable. Job is not a morality play set against an ancient backdrop. Although it is told with poetry, we take it along with the rest of Scripture to be the truth given to us by God through the pen of an inspired writer, These things actually happened as we have them recorded for us. The men and the woman who speak in this book did not, for the most part, speak in poetry. But the words we have, through stylized, uh, although stylized somewhat by the author, are nevertheless the true message about what happened. We, We begin now with the context, Job 1, verse 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. Many ancient places took their names from the early people who settled there. For example, after the flood, three of Ham's sons were named Cush, Mitzrayim, and Canaan. Mitzrayim is the Hebrew name for Egypt. Cush is the land south of Egypt, which is the modern Sudan. Uz was the name of one of Shem's grandsons through his youngest son, Aram. We might possibly uh, see his name as Job's fatherland. Although uh, there were two other men named Uz, one was the oldest son of Abraham's brother Nahor, and Luther was of the opinion that this man gave his name to the fields where Job's flocks and herds grazed. Another possibility is found in the genealogies in Genesis 36, the descendants of Edom and some other rulers of that land. This included an Uz, the grandson of Sair the Horite, and Jeremiah, the kings of Uz, are described as foreign people whose land is associated with the other Canaanite nations, like the Philistines, the Edomites, the Moabites, and Ammonites, including the Temanites, and that's Jer- uh, Jeremiah, 23, uh, Jeremiah 25, verse 23. Although we can't say with certainty which of these men named Uz, if any of them, was the namesake of this land of Uz, 
We can say one of two things about the location and the dates of the events. No Israelite, Moabite, or Ammonite is mentioned in Job at all. This would seem to point to a time either before or not long after Abraham and Lot settled in Canaan. The Temanites are mentioned, and these are the people of Teman, another name for Edom, south of the Dead Sea. A raid is made on Job's herds by the Chaldeans. Those are people living near Babylon. So the eastern bank of the Jordan might be a location for the events. However, the distant Sabaeans also carried away Job's oxen and donkeys, and they were a people living very far away. In Joel chapter 3, we find that out, probably the southern end of the Arabian Peninsula. So Uz seems to be a place, some place east of the Jordan, either up near the Sea of Galilee or down maybe around the southern tip of the Dead Sea. Either place would fit the context of the book. The most important fact to take away from this opening sentence is that it did not happen once upon a time or in a land very far away, but in a specific place. It happened to a real man. The suffering in Job was real suffering, and the mistaken accusations that pepper the book were really mistaken accusations. Job was every bit as real as Abraham and Abraham Lincoln. And more importantly, Job looked for an advocate, a redeemer, to rescue him from his troubles and rescue him from his sins. And that redeemer was equally as real, Jesus Christ, who redeemed every one of us from our sins. Through faith in Jesus, we have the promise and the reality of eternal life forever in heaven. In Christ, I'm Pastor Tim Smith. This is God's Word for you. Up next is Passage and Prayer by Pastor Dave Beckman. Matthew 21, 28, and 29. Son, go and work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But later he changed his mind and went. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, too often we play the role of the disobedient son. Our sassy mouth says to your holy commands, No, I won't do that. It's too old-fashioned. It's too restrictive. It isn't any fun. It makes me feel weird. Or we hear your command and say with religious zeal, Yes, Lord, your will be done in my life. And then we fall flat on our spiritual backsides. Lord, you know we want to be your obedient children. Yet we find ourselves saying with Paul, The evil that I don't want to do, this I keep on doing. Lead us to say with great conviction some more of Paul's words. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Draw us closer to Jesus in true repentance each day as we search your holy word. Help us to have a clear view of Christ as your obedient son. Through faith in him, give us confidence as your children. Lead us to love our Savior more and more, to trust him completely, and to live in obedience to your holy will. Let our obedient life shine so brightly that others ask us about the hope that is in us. Give us words that lead them to faith in your obedient Son, so that they with us live as your obedient children 
here on earth and serve you by grace in our heavenly home. We ask this through Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Up next, we have a song called Apache Rain, which was written and sung by Helen and Daryl Dubberpool with accompanying music by Tim Janis. Daryl Dubberpool is currently teaching at East Fork Lutheran School in Arizona. This song was written in honor of East Fork Lutheran School's 100th anniversary from 1912 to 2012. A link to help support East Fork Lutheran can be found at canonboundpodcast.com. To the dusty hillside The sun is hot And the winds are dry In its branches cast A welcome shadow To the weary people Passing by Even in that shaded refuge They sit and pant With thirsty pain Eyes look up to the cloudless heavens and long to see the Apache rain. When the lightning dances on the mountains and the thunder rolls in the canyons deep, bringing showers of cool, refreshing water, and the ones who thirst find sweet. Sun beats down with its heat again, and the first one's quest begins its longing for another taste of the patchy rain. One day came to that land of stranger, and he made his Their hearts were washed from sin's dark sea. Their thirst was quenched by the living water, like a cleansing shower of a patchy rain. Like lightning dances on the mountains, and the thunder rolls to the canyons deep. So the Holy Spirit. Story you have talked to me. 
Next up, we have a short devotion by Pastor Aaron Nitz. Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. You will go out and leap like calves released from the stall. So what are you looking forward to? An upcoming birthday? A Thanksgiving holiday? Winter snow? Christmas? Summer? We all like to have things to look forward to. They help us, they motivate us, they encourage us through the day-to-day grind of things. But we also have something else to look forward to. Judgment Day. A loud command, the voice of the archangel, the trumpet call of God will sound, and all those who have died will be raised to life. See, no one is going to miss it when Jesus returns. At first it might sound a little intimidating, fearful to us, We know who we are, sinful. We know who God is, perfect, holy, and just. How can we stand in God's presence without feeling ashamed? But for us who trust in Jesus, that day will be glorious. Why? Because we won't be standing before God with the tattered rags of our own righteousness. Rather, we'll be clothed in the perfect robe of Jesus' righteousness. Because of Jesus, we already know what God will say to us on that day. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And so... So we'll know joy like we've never known before. We'll jump for joy like calves frolicking around. Jesus has come to take us home forever. That's something to look forward to today and every day. I'm looking forward to Judgment Day, and so are you. And now, a short message from Pastor Tom Barthel. We pick up in Hebrews 11, starting at verse 13. Imagine your father told you that you would get a new car for your birthday present. But birthday after birthday, year after year, you never get it. Wouldn't you start to wonder if he was really going to give you what he promised? Abraham went to his grave, never fully receiving what God promised. Nonetheless, he'd done faith. We are very much like Abraham in this respect. We too will go to our graves not fully receiving yet what God has must to give us. Right now is really a time of waiting, a time of looking forward to that day when we will receive what he has promised. And so like Abraham, we will die, but we will die living by faith in God's promises. But how quick are we to embrace or admit this truth? We won't be living like kings on earth. We shouldn't expect to have peace from the things we get in this life. We dare not think we've obtained it all if we have just a slice of cake and a six-foot television. Longing for something more, something free from sin and death, 
the Christian knows we are going to receive far greater things than earthly, temporary. These gifts are good. They are blessings from God. But the things that we have now, the comforts of life, whether they are rich or not, should not cause us to lose sight of our goal. How quick are we to admit that we are foreigners, strangers on earth? That is what we are. And that is not so bad, because our home is so better, so much better than the one we now have. As blessed as many of us are in this life or not, we long for a better country, a heavenly one. Abraham did not receive the promised blessing. He died still trusting God to give what was promised. While he lived, he saw and welcomed God's promises from a distance. We too receive God's great blessings by faith and God's promises, centered in Jesus, his Son. It's called a glorious inheritance. You are a stranger here, only temporary living here, and headed for that final destination of eternal life. God is not ashamed to be called our God. Why do we know this? Because he has prepared a city for us. We read from Hebrews chapter 11, starting at verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Up next is the song Silent Night, Holy Night by Koine from their CD Anno Domini. You can find and listen to this song and the rest of Koine's music at koinemusic.com.
Next, we have a mission blog update shared by Bethany Barthel. The following update was posted on wells.net slash missions on December 12, 2012. Hurricane Sandy was a disaster in every sense of the word. It wreaked havoc on Sure Foundation Lutheran Church. Family and friends of Sure Foundation attended a funeral of a friend who went out to walk his dog. He never returned because a tree fell on him and took his life. Family and friends of Sure Foundation lost everything due to flooding. Some went without electricity and heat for weeks. Gas lines were so long that nearby the church, a man pulled a gun because someone skipped ahead in line. In every sense of the word, America's greatest city, New York, was completely humbled. One volunteer reported that, God makes a silver lining in all of this. Our families and friends have had the opportunity to show love. We have been able to serve our neighbors by helping them clean up. Members at Our Savior Lutheran Church in East Brunswick, New Jersey, had a special opportunity. After serving at the event, Florina Garcia commented, It was a very special day for us, and especially for my girls. They enjoyed working together and helping in a very important work, cleaning up a little bit of what Hurricane Sandy left us. Sure Foundation in Queens has become the unofficial Wells headquarters for Hurricane Sandy. Several people spent most of the day unpacking boxes, sorting, and distributing aid coming from every part of the United States. It has provided opportunities for fellowship and service. Pastor Tim Borman, who serves at Sure Foundation, says that God made another silver lining for our mission church here in Queens. Our Christian brothers and sisters all over Wells showed us how much they care. For days, my job as pastor was twofold. I called our church family in New York to make sure they were all okay. I spent the rest of my time returning calls and emails of concerned brothers and sisters around the wells. It isn't just the calls that encourage us. Amazing amounts of charity are coming in from all over the United States, from people who want to help. Clearly, our Lord is reminding us that the wells cares about us. Hurricane Sandy was a disaster, but it also, at the same time, was an opportunity for service and an encouragement sent from our Lord. Several congregations came together to help with the relief efforts. Sure Foundation in Queens, Grace of God in Dix Hills, New York, and Emmanuel in Long Valley, New Jersey. To read more about relief efforts or to donate towards the relief efforts, you can find this blog post at blog at wells.net slash missions. You have been listening to Episode 3 of the Canaan Bound Podcast. Again, we would like to thank Helen and Daryl Doverpool, as well as Koine, for sharing their music with us in this episode. This podcast, this episode was first shared in December 2012. You can visit Canaan Bound Podcast 
www.thewellsmedia.com to learn how you can support the ministry of The Wells and the artist featured in this podcast. Once again, my name is Philip Wells. It was a privilege to be your host for this episode. We encourage you to visit wells.net to find a Wells ministry location near you. Thanks for listening.